The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debates. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today, my guest on Off the Shelf is Bill Gormley. Bill is the president of the Gormley Group. He also serves as the chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. We're into 2024, so it's the apropos to take a look back at 2023 and with a focus on GSA for this show. And Bill, uh, Happy New Year and welcome to the show. Yeah, I'll say first off, Happy New Year, Roger. It's good. Yeah, we're ready for it. Not ready for 24. We're in 24, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It wouldn't matter if we were ready or not now. Right? <laughs> so, that's right. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we're going to focus uh, primarily on GSA for the show and the year the year that was. Um, I think the first thing that um, I wanted to you know, get your take on is just the performance of the schedules program. I think it's... Um, you know, pleasantly surprising in terms of the growth over the program over the last year. Uh, do you want to give yeah. us some some of the details? Yeah, I know you were doing some research for the show. Yeah, yeah. So I think a couple of things. One is you know the program. You know from a from a from a sales standpoint, you know, it was very successful. The uh, sales in twenty FY twenty three exceeded forty six billion, which is a over a 14% increase from 22. So that's very, very mean from a commercial standpoint, you'd love to have 14% growth in anything. So I give them kudos for that. A little more granular, the top categories, you know, for the listeners is probably no surprise, but the IIT was, uh, you know, 20, almost 23 billion, 22.9 and professional services was, uh, you know, 9.7 billion in transportation and logistics services is 2.7 and industrial products and services, 2.3 billion. And then BPAs now represent what I think from a listener standpoint with your sales teams, you know, they should, they should be paying attention to the BPAs now represent 53% of the sales. So 53% of, you know, 46 billion is a, is a big number. And, for the listeners, if you don't have BPAs, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be. Um, hopefully, you're not ignoring them, but you should be pursuing them. I'll just leave it that way right now, right? Yeah, fourteen percent. Yeah, I, I think any business would take that in terms of growth. Um, what What do you kind of attribute it to, or is there any any particular thing going on in the market that kind of got folks oh, focusing on it? Well, GS adding is doing a better job of marketing the skills program within the government. And I think that that's number one, a good thing. And I think number two is that the ability to get for the, the customer base to maybe buy things internally um, at various agencies is probably more, is a lot more difficult than, than, you know, going to the schedules program. So I think they're just looking out now that, Hey, if we need this stuff, we, but let's, let's go to GSA. And I think that's a, that's a positive thing for GSA. And having said all that with the growth, I know you're probably tired of hearing me talking about, but the boiler rooms where all the all the contracting actions really happen, and you know the boiler room, you know, just still needs to to be improved. I'll put it that way. I mean, they're still taking a lot of time to get mods out, 
and you know, EPAs and stuff. So um, I think that's probably we're going to we'll talk a little bit about that one, a couple of the topics I want, want to cover today. So, but I mean, that's, I think, important. Let's let's not be fooled by a high number and think the world's perfect either. I mean, it's it's life, you know, you can always do better. And that's, that's not a negative criticism. It's just the reality of when something gets this large, you have to pay attention to it and see how, how it can be managed better possibly. Yeah, and I, I would I would also mention I think the VA schedules, if I recall correctly, I saw an announcement. It's either seventeen or eighteen billion dollars as well. So you're talking about a program that's doing just about sixty five billion dollars collectively yeah. across. Yeah. Um, and that and it does have a lot of moving parts. So I would so let's go into the boiler room a little bit. Get get a little dirty there. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, it's, it's what keeps it keeps the lights on, air conditioning, heat for buildings. So that's where it's that's, that's what right. Makes it happen. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, what 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 did you see in the in the last year? You know that either it was a marked improvement or areas where there continue to be opportunities for improvement. I think the GSA spent a lot of time looking internally and for quite some time, and then as you know, they made an announcement of a reorganization. I think it was October 1st or something, Roger. I think it was probably yeah, that in. First week in October, yep. First week in October. So they did a kind of a major reorg for FAS. And I think I think the reorg is is to help eliminate or address where there's not continuity of common uh, procurement actions. And so the you know, industrial products is an example. You know, Earth took over the, the product side. And, and Tiffany and Laura have the services side. So you're so referring they, to Irv Keeler? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah Kohler, Keeler. And, yeah. so, and so Irv has, Irv has it. So the, the point here is they're, they're starting to actually, we're starting to actually see where there's, they're trying to have commonality of, of practices when they do contract modifications. I mean, they're, there's, there's, they're moving away from having the, the center acquisition center concept and really moving more towards a, a customer centric approach to the whole reorganization. And I think that it's going to take time. It's only been a couple months, but you know, we're seeing some areas that um, have actually had some positive impact from, from industries getting entry contractors, getting the contracts awarded or, modifications approved. And I think Herb's done a good job having a message out there. It's like from an industry standpoint, if you have a problem, you need to contact us. And we will, my team now, the structure will allow us to cut across all regions and have commonality of practices. I think that's, uh, the concept is, is significantly better than what they had. Now it's just a matter of the implementation side. And I know they're working on that. Yeah, so, Bill, let's talk a little bit about what they had and how it's changed. Um, and I get your take on this, but it really was a acquisition center and almost a, in, a, in most cases, a regional acquisition center was the acquisition organization sort of in and of itself. So you had these stovepipes, you know, in the different areas. And now they've gone to more of an acquisition organization, overarching organization, and clearer lines of authority. And those and those acquisition centers, which were you know essentially 
entities in and of themselves are now have been essentially eliminated and you have teams within the organization and clear lines of reporting. Is that, is that, is that yeah. what you characterize yeah, it as? And that, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the net net of it. I think the, from a, I think it was driven both from, you know, I guess, uh, you know, there's a lot, let's talk about the three-legged stool here. So you have the customer, you have industry, you have GSA. And I think this was to streamline, like if you're, a specific cut your army or something you're you're going to have you're going to have a central point of contact to talk about the ability for jet for fas to service you now and uh, to your earlier point a lot of that was was locally based wherever the army army uh you know base was that's whatever state or community that that's the local gsa people would handle it now it's going to be you know more of a central location so if that local entity gsa entity wasn't able to support it it'll automatically be addressed throughout, you know, all of FAS immediately. So the customer won't have to be, you know, dialing around or trying to find, you know, who's, who can help them out anymore. So that's going to streamline that significantly. I think from an industry standpoint, Roger, it's the intent from a contracting standpoint is to have um, uniformity of uh, policy um, implementations. And I think that's going to take some time because I think uh, to your earlier point being, Non, you know, everything wasn't centralized. Everybody was kind of doing their own thing. And and let's face it, COVID. When when COVID came, you know, people, you know, didn't go to work. And you know, you know, to the office, and then they stay home. And then after a while, they some people started to make implement policy their own way. And I think they're trying to get their arm around that and have more continuity. I think that's that'll be a huge benefit for everybody. For everybody, it'll get it'll get the things awarded quicker, products and. Get get out into the customer will see newer tech, more fresh technology. Um, you know the EPA has been a big thorn in the you know, industry side all last year. You know there's a lot there's a lot going on there. Yeah, and we're up on the break, Bill. So when we come okay. back, we can continue our discussion. We'll talk about the EPA you know clause that's out there for comments. That's a significant deal. We'll talk talk a little bit about Sonny Hashmi and his. And we just left GSA as the commissioner um, and just his tenure. And, you know, there's there's a host of many opportunities of things to talk about. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He is the president of the Gormley Group and serves as the chair of the Coalition for Common Procurement. I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He's president of the Gormley Group. Serves as the chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. We're talking about the year in review. Right now we're focusing on GSA. And, you know, Bill, in the last segment towards the end, we did talk a little bit about the reorganization and what it means and the breaking down of, like, sort of the regional stovepipes into a more centralized organization. Well, Bill, as you and I both know, having collectively spent just about 50 years at GSA, the regional structure um, at what was the what is the Federal Acquisition Service and before the Federal Supply Service and the Federal Technology Service has always been a management challenge, you know, just in terms of the distribu- distribution of authority, the different um, procedures and processes. You know, this is a big deal for FAS to actually move forward and reorganize and, and centralize and break down these barriers. Um, you know, I want to get your thoughts on that and your thoughts in that context on Sonny Hashmi's leadership over the last 18 months or so. 
Yeah, you're right. It was uh, pretty much became a territory regional, really evolved into sort of a territorial <laughs> territorial management challenge. And so the give Sonny a lot of credit. It's pretty much a sea change. I mean, from an organizational standpoint, and also he had Tom Howder, you know, put in charge of it. So he had, you know, a single point of contact, and then obviously Tom, you know, brought other people in, and and, and they got through all the necessary in terms of government requirements when you're going to make an organizational change or, um, yeah, or, or redesign, I think they call it the initially, so you call it reorganization. But anyway, they got through all the all the political hoops and things that you have to traditionally go through. So and I had to check that box and that was, that was great. That's why it probably took a year. The implementation, you know, they, uh, like I said earlier, kicked off in early October. Uh, I think Tom's done a great job of getting out there and, and communicating that. And Sonny gets the, you know, really the, the big check mark here of just moving forward. Cause I know that's been recommended for, through quite, you know, for a long time to look at the organizational structure, not only from a management point, Roger, which you brought up, but also, you know, they really focus on the, the care of the customer and what benefits could it be for industry's GSA relationship as well. So I think that's, uh, I think Sonny, I'm sure there's other things he's done, but I think that this will, this will be, if not, you know, the number one, it'll be darn close to it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. He's close to the number one. I think the yeah. other thing that uh, I want to get your thoughts on is just, you know, Sonny's willingness to meet with industry and yeah. really have frank conversations about, yeah. you know, common co- areas of common interest, right? Between, like you said, yeah. it's a three-legged stool and yeah. industry and GSA are trying to figure out how to best support the customer. So we have commonality of interest, but not not always exactly the same perspective on how to go about it, right? <laughs> yeah, but Sonny, I am I going to say what culminated his ultimate decision to do the, do the reorganization, but um, you can see, you know, the feedback that industry had provided, you know, over his time there had some influence on the design of the reorganization. So hopefully that that's a that's a benefit that'll come back to be a benefit to all, all three parties, Roger. I mean, that's going to work out. No one's where they are just to benefit themselves because you, you need your partners to make it work. And I think GSA was kind of, it was time. I think they, they, they got to the point where it's time to make this change. When you think about it, the administration came in and they're, I don't want to get too deep into it, but you know, there were no regional administrators appointed. So, so you could see something was potentially in the work there to make it a lot easier. So it would be territorial. So I think that, that was a smart strategic move. Yeah, that's a good point, because I I am sure if there were, because the regional administrators are all political appointees, and if they had appointed a bunch of political appointees, we wouldn't be talking about a reorganization. No, 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 you're right. I have to protect my turf for, you know, interests. So So I think that's, I think it's worked out. I mean, I think this, I think we talked enough about all behind the scenes type stuff, but I think we're looking forward to this thing now being, you know, fully rolled out and implemented and, uh, and everybody benefits. I think the, one of the things I know GSA is looking for through this is to really have better ultimate delivery service to the end user. And, you know, there was a lot of companies for, for business reasons, you know, uh, would return orders, customer orders, because they're, you know, they, they would be selling at less than what they 
what they bought it at and because of the EPAs weren't getting done. And I know we mentioned earlier, but you know, he's done a really good job of focusing on the having this having this folks focus on EPAs and you know, there's still work to be done there, but they're actually, you know, paying attention to that. And therefore, you know, the number of orders that are being rejected are, as I understand it, have gone down, but they're still out there. So there's yeah, there's still still work to do. Yeah, I, th- I mean, just along those lines, that goes back, you know, a couple of years ago when we started having the conversations with GSA about inflation. And to their credit, um, you know, Mark Lee, Jeff Kosis, you know, issued some streamlined policy for the application of the economic price adjustment clauses in the schedules. And I think one of the things they learned from that um, experience is that the clauses as originally drafted that they actually deviated from to try to get streamlined, you know, those clauses were, you know, essentially outdated. And now we have the EPA clause that GSA has issued for comment um, to update in the GSAR. And it's, you know, when, what's your thoughts on that was, again, something that happened in 2023. And actually, you know, right now we're putting together our comments in response to the proposed rule, do you have any thoughts on it? And obviously, you are the coalition's gathering input from members and so forth, and you'll provide those. But I think the net net is the reason it's out there. The change is that there's a realization that GSA wasn't acknowledging the market and was too narrowly viewing um, the acceptance of these of EPA requests, and therefore. Just com- it was this compounding, you know, what was to be really and within the contract a normal process, and I think people were getting just wrapped around the axle about the percentages and how many times you can have an EPA. And, you know, when you have the market the way it was, you had to, you know, the industry had to do what it had to do. So, and I think that's that's what they're trying to address now. Yeah, um, we have about a, a minute left um, in this segment, and. You know, along the lines of the EPA, there had, I mean, I think part of that EPA was also rolling out training and that sort of thing. Given the reorganization and the consolidation and the, you know, so that organizationally it's been set up to provide greater consistency, you know, in the interactions between government and industry. How do you see the role of the training and sort of policy framework plays in achieving that consistency and sort of that efficiency? Well, the fact that now it's everything centralized, so to speak, you know, the regional, the regional structure is gone, is that the training will, will, will be given, the same training will be given by the same entity. <laughs> so there'll be continuity, at least, and, and the effort to, uh, to have uniform uh, implementation of policies so that it's going to come from sort of one voice into into the uh, area of herbs or or Tiffany Tiffany Hickson or Laura Stanton. So that'll be the and that desperately and I can't I can't overstate or understate it. That's desperately needed. So at least they have at least they have the structure for that now. Now it's like anything else. I mean, you can have the structure, but you got to implement it. I, I know they're working on. We're up on the break, so when we come back, yeah. we'll continue our discussion. Maybe we'll talk about. You know, 2023 being, you know, the year of start your engines on a host of uh, government-wide contracts and actually a couple that are still in, been in process for, for quite a while. And we'll see if they ever get awarded. 
Um, just going to start your start your EV or start your engine. Kind of start your engine. Yeah. Uh, we're not. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years it'll be start your EVs. I don't know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, bolt of lightning. Um, anyway, uh, my guest today is Bill Gormley. He's the president of the Gormley Group and chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. I'm Roger Walter, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Walder, and my guest today is Bill Gormley. He's the president of the Gormley Group and chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And Bill, um, you know, when we took a break, uh, you know, you start about tar- start your EVs or start your engines. There's a, a fair number of a-, a lot of action or a lot of races started in a certain sense, um, you know, in the government contracting arena around the GWAX and Oasis Plus last year. Um, and I just want to get, you know, so Alliance 3 has a draft RFP out there. NASA Soup has its draft out. Oasis Plus, you know, just last in the fall had proposals submitted for the next iteration of that. Um, you know, there's an Ascend BPA, Cloud Computing BPA, that there's a draft out for comment now. Um, it seems like all these things are happening all at once. Like we're going through the next cycle and, you know, what, what are some of the, some of your takeaways or observations around well, these vehicles? And to your point, some of this is recompete and some of it's news, but I think the common shock kind of, it kind of went, went, went across GSA, maybe government too, is, you know, there was a decision that, Hey, on these, uh, GWAX that you have out, where you're not considering price, that's that's not going to be that's not going to be acceptable, and you need to put pricing as an evaluation factor. And I think GSA really had get caught them by surprise, and I think it's I think if I remember right, I think it was Polaris that had that, and then uh, you know then the Oasis and everybody Oasis Plus had to had to had to merge that in there. So there was been some some challenges, surprises. I think. Uh, you know, we've had some work with Oasis Plus, and we're starting to see uh, uh, to give to give the, the folks credit that are managing that. We're already seeing clarifications come out, requests for clarifications come out, and so that means you know they're they're, they're moving the procurements, and they're not just you know they're they're moving them quicker right now than some of the schedules programs, but on the mods. But I mean that that's a that's a good sign. So hopefully that's you know we haven't you know on the protests is what everybody kind of holds your breath on, right? <laughs> and then, right, you know, right. So. Yeah, you know, there's going to be some out there, and that's just, that's the nature of it. I think you just try and try and develop your requirements as clear as possible, and and then just go with that and manage it. And the GSA will figure out how to protest out. But the other, some of the other things like soup, you know, they're they're uh, very popular. There's been a lot of continuity in that program over the years, and a big change there is they're implement they're going to you know, insert services, which has traditionally been a products. Um, GWAC from the beginning, and I and I you know hear rumbles from industry that there just there seems to be um, evidence that there's not a lot of experience with services you know, in the NASA program, and so the, the solicitation is pretty much reflected in the solicitation. So I think a lot of people are waiting for NASA to put clarifications out there or do a new do you know another redraft or something of the solicitation to come back out. I think that's where that one is right now. I think you have to comment on that. I thought. Yeah, we, yeah, the coalition did request a uh, 
on yeah. behalf of the membership, uh, a, a second draft to, uh, you know, you know, full, you know, to provide an opportunity for NASA to, you know, address some of the questions in the context of, uh, you know, a revised solicitation and then give people a chance to look at it again. I think, you know, it might take a little bit more time, but I think it saves time in the long run. It's going to benefit the customer agencies and it'll benefit NASA and it will benefit industry, you know, to the extent you, you can work on, you know, you know, fine tuning or improving, you know, enhancing the draft solicitation prior to formal issuance, then you get in the situation where you're in competition and, you know, the consensus is, is, you know, is no longer, you know, relevant, right? It's each individual company taking a look at it from their perspective, at least this way. And, and it was pretty much a consensus across industry that it would be uh, very beneficial to do a second draft. So we'll see. We wrote a letter to NASA. Haven't heard back yet. Um, but perhaps, um, you know, that's something we can follow up with them on. Good. Now, what I wanted to ask you about, you talk about protests. Well, NIH COSP4 <laughs> still in process with that thing. And um, I think there's been a number, well, there's a long history and a lot of protests. Um, I think even GAO, you know, saw an uptick in their protests on, on over the year. And they could point to that one procurement result, you know, resulting in 130 some odd protests or so. Do you have any? You know, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think I'd want the Emmy Award. I think they got it on protest. So, but I mean, the number of protests. You know, the key here, protests is, you know, the merit of them, obviously. But the fact that there's that many, I mean, you would think the program would would just either, you know, have an industry day, even though they have a, you know, a draft out, whatever, um, what the status of that is. Now there's been so many protests, but, um, but, it seemed like if they can, I, I guess it's already closed. And that's already closed, yeah. hasn't it, right? Yeah. Right. So they're, they, right? Yeah, they're they're getting close, I think. To, yeah. So, I mean, they, they keep making changes to it to progress the, the, the procurement, but it's been, that, that thing has just been the anchor of GWAC as far as uh, um, getting it awarded. So, I don't know. It's just, I think, so much, look, when, when this thing's done, someone should do a case study on it, just the, what to do and what not to do. Obviously, there's a lot of what not to do. That with, right. with that were done before, so, um, but you know the, the GWACs are, are going to get a lot of a lot of attention by industry because from a business standpoint, as, as as they should, because that's the intent tend to to handle government requirements, certain government requirements through each of these GWACs, Roger. So, um, you know, I think the pricing, I think the government does need to address, you know, the ability to not have pricing as a consideration in these things, because it really happens at the task order level. So I think the, the initiative, the initiative has good intent, but apparently they didn't have a, the policy or the law to back it up. And I think that's what they, they need to start to address that and, and get, get a foundation for that. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, um, it does make a, a big difference. I think in terms of streamlining, you know, I think Astro is a prime example of that the, uh, procurement that, um, you know, the GSA's assisted acquisition services did, um, you know, for their own use to support, you know, the primarily DOD, but that yeah. contract at the time used the, you know, authority not to not have to consider price at the contract level. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, the, from all reports and feedback that, um, 
made a big difference in that, in streamlining the process, saving money for industry and government in that procurement process, and resulted in a ultimately a good contract that GSA is using to support the customer. So, but but with the protest and you know and the court's decision, it's restricted the ability of agencies to use that authority, and that would it does make sense to take a look at how yeah. you can fix it. And I would note lastly that DOD has its own you know, statutory authority, you know, for these multiple board contracts where under certain criteria, they, they don't have to consider price in the evaluation. You know, perhaps there's, you know, some lessons learned from that authority or looking at what can be done to, to further assist civilian agencies would be appropriate. Hey, Bill, you know, we're up on the break. And when we come back, I want to ask you about a couple other things. You know, number one, like last uh, last year, the Office of Management Budget announced the Better Contracting Initiative, which is a very data focused um, effort. You know, that's there's four prongs. That's you know prong number one, um, and get your 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 view on that. Some of the stuff I think is things that yeah, in other forms we've we've worked on before, and maybe it's also partly the further evaluate, you know evolution of category management. And also just talk about, you know, the cybersecurity and its role. Um, there's a lot going on. It's, you know, again, start your engines in 2023. And there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, proposed rules and things that we're commenting on right now that impact industry and government. So anyway, my guest today is Bill Gormley. is the president of the Gormley Group, chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. I'm Roger Walder, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Bill Gormley. He's the president of the Gormley Group, chair of the Coalition for Government Procurement. And Bill, um, we're, we've been doing a 2023 year in review. Um, and we'll continue that discussion. I also want to give you some time this segment to talk about what's coming up in 2024 from your perspective or what you're focusing on. But in this fall, um, the Office of Managed Budget and OFPP um, announced the Better Contracting Initiative, um, which focused on improving, you know, out- procurement outcomes for customer agencies for the taxpayer. Um, and, it, you know, has sort of four hallmarks, I guess. Number one is data management, data sharing, acquisition data across agencies, you know, using that data to make, you know, better buying decisions. Um also looking at licensing a software and leveraging the government requirements for, for license rights across the federal space for commercial software. Number three, sort of requirements development and improving that, focusing on those kind of things. And four is, you know, examining and addressing, you know, sole source contracting and costs associated with that. And I, you know, I think, you know, the first two are kind of really, I mean, all of them are very important, but let's just to start with the data management one. You know, it, it sounds to me like, you know, they, they're looking at what GSA is doing for transactional data reporting and that sort of thing and, and sort of taking a page from what GSA is doing and looking at how can we leverage that across the federal government. What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to kind of digress just for a little bit. I'm not trying to totally focus on the coalition here, but, you know, in the fall conference, the title was fair and reasonable. And I think the government, is, I think the guy, I think the, you know, the better contract initiative moves kind of away from fair and reasonable to, you know, we're, you know, we, we need continually need to get a better price. And you can only take that 
down the lane so far before it becomes, you know, confrontational or lack of participation by certain parts of the industry. So I think, you know, while, you know, the better contract initiative is, is a, is, a, is a good initiative as long as they, they can manage through it. And for the data, you know, we, we've experienced a lot of data systems that are data driven now by, by FAS that it's, it's clear that people are just, once the data is set, that people just continue and are not willing to change the data in a, in a timely manner. And so, you know, there's a, there's a significant a lag of time between you know what is the market pricing or what is you know the market has changed the EPA stuff that we talked earlier in the program and that that's not being considered for the for the data models that GSA that FAS has on some of their pricing for the schedules program so I I get a little concerned I mean I know data is kind of the you know the go to <laughs> go to term so to speak or data analytics and so forth and I you know I get it. It's just that I just whoever's going to be looking at the data, they need to understand the markets. Just not take that data on face value, and, and apply it across all government. In regards to the software side, I know that you know government would love to have one license for any software, <laughs> and it's just there. There's you know to be able to do that is you know the government's got to be able to manage it. It's not just this is what I want. You got to be able to manage it because there's going to be changes to the software. There could be other software coming along that's better and so forth. So you, you don't want to get, you got to be conscious that you don't want to lock into something that's going to create the government to be behind, you know, by, by, because you have this agreement. So there's things that, you know, there's outside influences, which is the marketplace that has to be considered through each of the initiatives with the better contracting. You know, when, when, when you mentioned the data, just my, you know, reactions to your, your thoughts and, you know, about the data, low price or not. I think the thing that's important in managing any of that data and then using it, it's only uh, actionable if you have the, the data context, right? It's not just price. It's like, what are the key terms and conditions, the commitments that drove, you know, the market to, you know, to respond with the pricing that, that ultimately won the contract. And if you're just looking at price without looking at all that other context, you're not going to have good information for people to, you know, to, to utilize. I think, you know, they understand that. Um, and some of the documents reflect, you know, collecting all that terms and conditions. I think the, the thing that, that you're pointing out that, the, that, that, you know, management will need to focus on is ensuring that that information is analyzed holistically and, completely considered and then doesn't drive to just looking at the price at the end of the day. Yeah. I think in line with that, if they're not careful, they're almost trying to make contracting mechanical and, and, you know, you have to have this, you just got to, these are negotiated negotiated solicitation. So there there should be, I know I like that face to face, but there should be discussion here. Not, not just, you didn't, you didn't meet the criteria. And, and there's there's no discussion. They reject your offer, reject your buy based on the data. And to, you know, so the, the, the you know, so whoever's making those decisions based on the data, I think the data was established not in direct relationship with the person who's using the data. I mean, there's a there's a distinction between that. You got one party gathering it, 
you got another party that's using it. And I think the person that's using it needs, has to understand what's behind it because they're making the ultimate decision for the government. And I think that that's, that's a, that's a slippery slope if you don't handle it. Right. I think, you know, and then on the licensing kind of issue, like this is something I know the government is focused on historically. Like I, I remember the smart buy initiative right? <laughs> back in the, and I think it still, it still exists to this day. I think still, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I remember yeah. Floyd Gross working on, you know, like department wide licenses at DOD. Yep. Um, yep. And they, and they did a great, to be honest with you, they, and overall they did a great job because they managed right. it and they met with industry. They had discussions on it. But when you put it, when you put that application in a macro sense and, and, and cover a whole program of millions of dollars, you, you can't just like, oh, we got the data now, so let's just apply it. You know, and we, we can make, we, and, and that, that'll make our decision for us in order whether we proceed with acceptance of a mod request or a new report. That, I think you're you starting to lose a lot of quality. Um, government could be hurting itself there. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of potential with data, but there's us, but it's how you manage yeah. it, and that's going to be yeah. the interesting thing to watch. And you know, hopefully, yeah. you know, industry, you know, they're very open to you know industry feedback. So we're looking forward to to that continued partnership. So you know, I know cybersecurity is something that's really you know we have a couple of bar cases that are out there. We have the CMMC rule. Um, you know, there's you. You know, software bill of materials, software attestation. There's all these things in cybersecurity that you know either uh, have started at the close of 2023 in terms of out there publicly as proposed rules, or will continue into 24. So 24, we know, is going to be a big year for cybersecurity stuff. You have other thoughts on you know or trends or things you're looking forward to? We got about a minute left, Bill. Um, as we you know as we now um, turn to 2024. Right. So as far as the security, I mean, the government's made a determination that these are essential requirements. And so they're being they're they're moving forward with, you know, setting up policies and guidance and so forth. So that's a heavy lift. And I think there is some point, Roger, there has to be some consideration of industry taking on this additional responsibility. And I think I, I don't have an answer for it here. I'm just putting it out there like for 2024. Hopefully that's some type of acknowledgement during the course of establishing a contract or something like this. We're, we're adding these requirements to the contracts after, subsequent to the contract being awarded. And so it's, it's, it just, you, you know, you can't load up a requirement where there's a cost involved and not consider that during the course of the relationship of the contract. So that's, I think for 2024, that's, I know you want, we're going to get there, but maybe I'm getting there a little early, but that you're driving me there just by, you know, with with all this, the security requirements and and designs that the government's putting out there, for we're not questioning the reason. We're just questioning, you know, there's there's a cost associated with some of this stuff, and so there has to be a, a recognition of that. Right, I mean, especially for small businesses, and you exactly. know, we talked about the defense industrial base and the number of small businesses participating. You know, that cost is a driver in that in that regard, like requirements and the costs associated with them. So how folks address that, you know, not questioning yeah. the need, but, you know, how do we execute yeah. while we maintain a healthy defense industrial base or industrial base in general? And last, you know, 30 seconds or so, do you have any other things you're going to be watching in 2024? Well, I think hopefully TDR 
gets some better recognition in 24 than it did in 23 <laughs> and they expand it. So I, I think that that's kind of what, what's coming down the road. The fact the sales are going up the way they're going up, it would be a further indication that, that the prices are the, the task order pricing, you know, meets the, meets the customer's, uh, you know, fair and reasonable you know, view. But I think TDR in 20 and uh, TDR would be a good move in 24. You're going to have a, a lot of a lot of action on the GWACs as far as uh, you know. After the solicitation, the solicitations are out. There's evaluations going on, so I think there's, it's going to be a busy. You know, the GWACs were issued. A lot of them were issued in 23, but 24 is going to you know be the evaluation side, and we'll see how the protests work out at that point. But I think that's kind of it's pretty much it right now. I think right now, Roger, on that. Right. We didn't even talk about what's going to happen. Like we got a you know uh, an event in the fall. <laughs> big election coming up so oh yeah, that's right. of, yeah. there'll be there'll be plenty of time to talk about that that's my guest today uh, bill gormley president of the gormley group chair of the coalition for government procurement i'm roger Walner. you've been listening to off the shelf on federal news network You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. 